Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. He's worthy to be praised. Apostle Talley was working with the worship team, and I was like, Lord, if they sing one more verse. I got my gym shoes on. I'm going to skip all the way around here. I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip. I can't run like I used to, but I can skip. I got a holy skip. I don't have a run, but I got a holy skip left in me. I said, if they keep on singing about the goodness of the Lord. And he said to just think about the last thing that God did for you. The last miracle. And some of us had to kind of think about it and some of us were screaming and some of us were jumping and some of us were crying and some of us were really trying to figure it out but I want to help you the last miracle was that you woke up this morning hey that's a good place to shout right there you woke up this morning with the activity of your nails <laughs> with breath in your body you woke up this morning in your right mind you could have been cuckoo for cocoa puff but you woke up and you was not a nutty buddy you could have been a nutty buddy but you woke up in your right mind god we bless you you can be seated in the presence of the lord we magnify what god is about to do i feel strength in this place i feel strength can you just take a few minutes to just praise god for our pastors yes I love that. You can give me a little bit more. We're not quite there yet. Just a little bit more. There we go. Oh, yeah. See, we need to make sure we're always grateful for the gift that God has given us in our pastor. We will never take them for granted. We will, never, I, I, we will never get common with them. They will never be common to us. They're so authentic. They're authentic people. They're touchable. They're reachable. But we will treasure the gift that is on their lives. So help me celebrate Apostle Talent. And y'all better give it up for my sister. Prophetess. Woman McNeely. <laughs> Give it up that you got pastors that love God's people. Mm, I've been in ministry a long time, and unfortunately, that's becoming quite interesting. Do you really pastor to love God's people, or do you pastor for many other reasons? But I can say that we have authentic pastors that love God's people. I'm so excited to be here. Put your hands together for my husband. And my son, the jumping bean over there. Yes, he's a praiser. He's a praiser right from the womb. He can't help it. So he gonna jump and he gonna scream. Cause while he was while he was in the belly, I was preaching. While he was in the belly, I was worshiping. While he was in the be belly, I was singing. While he was in the belly, I was doing all those things. So he can't help but be a worshiper. Came out the belly worshiping God. So we thank God 
for what he's going to do in this place. Are we ready? I believe we're ready. I thank the Lord for this congregation, for even adjoining yourself to this movement. This is powerful. So give it up for yourselves. It takes a lot to join a church that's being planted, a new plant. Seriously, I've planted a church before. We thank the Lord for you. Let's get into the word of God because God's going to do some things in this place on today, I believe. And I'm honored to be able to be a part of this series and to be a part of what God is doing in this place on this whole series on time. And so this morning, let's go right into the word of God. Let's, let's go there, okay? Mark 2. Mark 2. Verses 1 through 12. Hallelujah. I actually can see up here a little bit. Let me see. Let me put my extra zone up. Get to be a certain age, you have a little extra. That's right. The people that are a certain age, they was like, all right now. All the young people was like, what's she talking about? Mark 2, 1 through 12. And I'm going to read in the NIV version. Amen. It said a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room, not even outside of the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, the man was open. I'm sorry, because he couldn't get him to a the crowd. They made an opening on the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Sons, your sin has been forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does, he, uh, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit. He knew in his spirit. It was talking about him. He's like, look here. He knew in his spirit that what was uh, being said, and they were thinking in their hearts. And he says to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, he took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone as they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. And there was a few colored people in the audience and they said, what in the world is going on up in here? My topic on today is, it's time to build community. It's time to build community. Father, we thank you that your word is blessed. We sit at your table. We prepare ourselves for miracles. In the next few moments, we open our heart for you to transform us in this preached word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's time. It's time to build community. 
You know, we say this all the time that we are the body of Christ, right? We are the body of believers, right? We use this terminology to refer to our connection and to our community. And sometimes we use this terminology and we really don't understand the ramifications of what we are really talking about. When we begin to talk about the body of believers, and then sometimes, you know, nowadays people even use the word, you know, we're family, we're fam. What we're saying when we're saying that we're body of believers, we're saying that we are connected, that we are community. But are we really connected or are we just using terminology? See, I am a physical therapist as well. I do many different things. I'm a physical therapist for over 30-something years, and I teach students about the body, the actual physical body, the body that we have here on today. Do you know that there are 206 bones in the human body? There are over 600 muscles in the human body. Our God is so intricate, he has named every groove on the bones, and he has made every groove and every indentation to have purpose and to have function. Not only do we have these bones and muscles, but then we have ligaments, and we have the circulatory system, and the respiratory system, and the digestive system, and then we have all types of nuance and protons, and come on, we got all kind of stuff working in the body because it is important to be collected as a community. And when God made it, he made everything in the body diverse, different, odd, but it connects to another part of the body. Our God is so, 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 so wise and he's so powerful that he would actually use the human body analogy to put and help us understand the body of believers when we talk about that. So our God being so intricate that he made sure that every bone and every muscle and every ligament has a function down to your baby toe. Yes, that baby toe. Just hit that baby toe in the middle of the night and you will quickly understand the significance of that baby toe. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna share this for a quick second, you know. Being a woman, you know, we like our shoes, right, ladies? And I stumped my toe. This was a long time ago. I stumped my toe, and I broke my baby toe. And when you break the baby toe, you cannot put a cast on it. You have to wear one of those ugly boots, right? And I was so vain, I wanted to have on a pump and a boot. Come on, somebody. Because I did not want to put on a shoe, but I had to wait until that toe mended. And let me tell you something. It took a long time for the toe to mend, and it was very uncomfortable. With every step I took, I could feel that pain. I'm just trying to show you how important every part of the body is. Every part of the body has a, a functions, and when something is out of order, this is how our body works. So when something is out of order, the other muscles and the other parts of the body will try to compensate for that part that is not working. That's how God created the physical body. Hmm. Let's just think about that when we start thinking about the body of Christ. So when I am not in my function and when I'm not in my place and when I'm not in the plan of God, that means somebody else has to do a little extra work 
because I'm not in my place. I'm not on my square. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not in community. All the parts of the body are functioning, and that's how God has designed our body. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, NIV version. It says, Apostle Paul had just got through talking to the church of Ephesus here about the purpose of the fivefold ministry offices. And then he goes on into the scripture and he says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows up, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want you to pay attention to that. Joined and held together. That helps us understand that we're going to grow and build in love. But the last part, as each part does its work. Pay attention to that part. As each part does its work. So this means that I and you have a part and a, a part and a purpose in God's plan. I'm going to repeat that. That means that I and you, I have a part and I have a purpose in God's plan. I'm going to give you a couple of things here. Because when we start talking about purpose and we start talking about God's plan, everybody wants to know their purpose. Everybody wants to know the plan of God for their lives. But let me give you a couple of quick notes here. Number one, because we are the body of Christ, right? Number one, your purpose is possibly connected to another person. Shut your mouth. It is possibly connected to another person. I know that we live in a day and age where everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody wants to be a solo person. Everybody wants to be out front. Everybody wants to have their own platform. What is it for me, God? But there is a strong possibility that you are actually in God's purpose and God's plan to be connected to another person. Could it be that your purpose is to be a strong number three? Could it be? You're so busy trying to be number one. But God fashioned you and shaped you to be number three. And you reaching over here trying to be number one. Because we are all the body of Christ, we have a part. You are called to be connected to somebody. We are all called to be connected to somebody. Oh, yeah, tighten up on me. I know it's coming through. That's all right. We're all connected to be called to be connected to somebody. We're part of the body. How can we say that we are part of the body and say that we're not called to be connected? We're called to be connected. We're called to be a strong number three. We're called to be in somebody's life. Number two. I don't get a... I don't get a right to choose my position when I'm talking about purpose and being in God's plan. I know. 
I don't get a right to choose my position. We're in a society where we choose everything. We choose what color our hair is. Come on, we could be blonde today and we could be brunette tomorrow. You know, we can be natural one day. We could be straight the next. We could be kinky one day, afro the next day. We can have dreads. Come on. We, we like to choose. But in God, because I'm a part of the body, I don't get a right to choose my position. Again, I know we like to claim favorable parts of the body. You know, we've gotten into a point, I've been in ministry long enough, I can, I can say this. We've, we've gotten to the point now in ministry where we like certain parts. I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. You know, when I was coming up, everybody was a servant. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. You know, everybody was a servant. Everybody was a worker. Everybody was a ministry laborer. You know, you didn't get a title. See, you know, you didn't get a title just because you said, I believe that God said I am the evangelist of the most high God. They was like, yes, yes, baby. Go on out there and work uh, and pass out some tracks and let's see how many souls you bring to the Lord. And we will uh, uh, look over and we'll vote about it and we will get back to you and we'll let you know. Now, I know, you know, that may not be real comfortable for, not, for us, some of us now, but I think we've gotten to the point, Apostle Tyler, where we just pick and choose. Like we at the grocery store. Think I'll be a prophet today. Think I'll be an evangelist. Oh, I think I'm an intercessor. I like to make people. I saw how Pastor Ty was paying for people, and that's what I think I want to do. Because Pastor Ty, she was, ooh, that's what I, yeah. It's like we shopping. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Pastor Ty. No, you're going to be like you. You're going to be the gift that God gave you. So you don't get a chance and a choice to pick and choose. God fits, it. he puts us in the body and connects us how he chooses to do so. See, that's the problem I have sometimes with leadership. They don't understand that if you are in leadership, you are there because God sent you. You are a part of the build. You are a part of the, the foundation. You are there to work and do the work until God tells you to do something different. But you, until that assignment is over, you don't move. You work it. So you don't get a chance to choose. You know, like I said, we got an all-time high for the prophet's mantle. Everybody wants to be a prophet. It's like they on sale. It's a hot commodity. But can we get back to the place where we're just satisfied being in the body? Can we just get back to the place where we're just satisfied with being a, a, a called of God, just being his servant, just being his daughter, his son? Can we get back to that part? Can we get back to the part that we really recognize that it's not about me being on the platform. It's about me being connected and being in community. Yes, it's not about our choice. Once we become a part of the body, we have surrendered our choice. We have dedicated our life to the Lord, right? We say, Lord, come into our lives, right? We make him the Lord of our life, right? Then we want to tell him how we want to play. Yeah, don't, don't put me over here in the children's ministry because... See, let me tell you something. 
You better be glad you got Apostle Talent as your pastor because, see, back in the day, everybody that was called of God, if you felt like you were in ministry, if you felt like you had a call of God on your life, you went to children's ministry. That was your first pulpit. Yes. Vanilla wafers and Kool-Aid. Let's see what you can do with that. Let's see how anointed you are with that. Let's see how anointed you are with those little Vienna sausages and crackers. Come on. Everybody worked. And then after you did children's ministry, you went to street ministry. They didn't call it evangelism. They called it street ministry. Just put you out there on the street. You're just standing there. You better pray. You better win a soul while you're out here. After a while, you're like, do you want to get saved? So I can go back to my church. They won't let me back in until somebody gets saved. Can you just take this track from me? Just take this track. Ask the Lord into your heart today and make him your savior. Thank you. We didn't have a choice. We were inducted into the body of Christ. We did what was necessary, what was needed for that season. If that meant children's ministry, it was children's ministry. If it meant evangelism, it was evangelism. If that meant singing in the choir, if you can sing, we put you in the choir. But you know, the good thing about being in a choir, you can be in a choir and couldn't sing. You know that. A lot of y'all was just rockers. See, I was a choir director. I know some of y'all couldn't sing. Y'all were just rockers. Just come on. Just keep the beat, keep the beat. But you don't get a chance to choose because we are a part of God's team. We are connected. Number three, when I do not function in my position, I put a strain on other parts of the body. So you can still be a part of the body and decide, I don't want to function correctly. It strains the other parts of the body because we are connected, right? We're fam, right? We're in this together, right? We have all been on a team where we felt like somebody didn't pull their weight, right? You know what that feels like. And you know the shifts and the adjustments that you had to make on that team to make it happen, right? Because that person didn't show up and do their part of the project. Think about it. Are you causing a strain in the body of Christ because you will not do your part? Because you don't want to do it? Because you're angry about it? Because you got hurt? Because you got dropped? Because you got wounded? Because you got offended? Because you got overlooked? Because you're done with church, but you like the McNeely, so I'm just here? What is my part, you may say. Okay, you say, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What is my part? My part is to be joined and held together. We're part of the body so that we can grow and build in love as each part does its work. So we have to make time to be intentional about community. Two people got it. We have to make time to be intentional about community. Okay, a couple people over here got it. Thank you. 
I'm going to say it to everybody, get it. We have to make time to be intentional about building community. Thank you. What is community? In simple layman's term, community is a group of people with a common goal. A group of people with a common goal. Somehow we have made community more complicated than it needs to be. We've made it feel like we all have to be on the same page or we all have to like each other or we all have to have the same hair color or, or we all have to look alike. No. No, it's about a common goal. When you begin to understand it's about a common goal and not about personalities, then you will understand that I can still be in community when I am offended. I can still show up and do my part because there are going to be some times that Apostle Tally going to make you mad. He's going to preach some sermons and you're going to be like, I'm out. You're going to look over and say, did you, did, you, did you talk to Pastor Ty and tell them all our business? Because I felt like the sermon was all about me, babe. Well, that's how you're going to put me out like that? And so you're going to leave here some Sundays. It's not going to be, you know, you leave right now. It's like, ooh, yeah, I love my church. Love it's not going to be like that all the time. You're going to leave sometime. You're going to be like, oh, okay, it's like that today, huh? You're gonna be like, oh, oh, he, that, that, and he said that was from the Lord. Yeah, right? Uh-uh, okay. But can you show up after that happens and still be in community and do your part Come on, with the right spirit. Come on, not with an attitude. Come on, not looking sad at, at everybody. But back on your square because you're in community. See, community means I show up because we have a common purpose. Not because I like everybody all the time. And I think that's where we have gotten off track is that we really feel like we got to like everybody all the time. There's going to be some times you're not going to like them. We got to love everybody. But there'll be some times... We're not going to like you. And you're not going to like me. And it's going to be okay. Because we're going to be in community. We're going to keep building. See, right now, we're still in the kumbaya years. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. See, all the Catholic people know that, see? It's not going to always be kumbaya. It's going to be sometimes you don't want to be here. But we show up because of community. And because we have a purpose and we have a goal, we must be intentional about cultivating relationships. It's not just going to happen. Relationships are not just organic. I know we like to think that they are. You know, social media makes us feel like it's all organic. No, they're not. It's work and effort. Somebody say work and effort. It is work and effort and you must be intentional. So it's not going to be organic. We're so comfortable with building community with people that look like us or they sound like us or they vibe like us. But there is a possibility that we are building community and that does not have God's approval on it. See, God sends strange people to our lives. Odd people. People that rub us the wrong way. Because they are a little indentation, a little groove, like I was talking about in that bone, that we have to be connected to. Everybody's not going to be smooth and feel good and talk the way that we talk. It means sometimes I got to stay intentionally after service 
after we've gotten through worshiping, I've got to stay intentionally after service to talk to people. I know you feel like I've clocked in my two hours. I'm out. I got my praise on. I got my word. I got my prayer. I got my, I got my, I got my, I, I, I got what I came for. I got my. But did you stop and speak to somebody who was waiting all week just to come to church and talk to somebody? Maybe they live alone. Maybe they were going through something. Did you stop and be intentional and look a brother or sister in the eye and say, hey, how are you? What's your name? Did you stop or did you say, I got my, I got, Or did you stop and say, hey, I'm Monique. Who are you? How are you? Tell me a little bit about yourself. I see you fellowshipping here in the church. You sit on the other side of the sanctuary. I don't get a chance to meet you, but I'd like to get to know you. We have to be intentional. In a world where everybody's busy, we have become just as busy, and we got to be careful that we don't make time to build relationships. And don't hide behind I'm an introvert. Because I am an introvert. But I love God's people. And so when you love God's people and you're called to ministry, you still need to build community. We don't get a pass just because we're introverts. It's not like God said, oh, you're an introvert. You don't have to build community. We're going to give you a pass. No, ma'am. No, sir. It doesn't work that way. So all the introverts in the house, raise your hands. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Apostle Taylor, put your hand down. You no introvert. Please. He is definitely not an introvert. We're all called to build community. No excuses. We must be intentional. What really needs to take place sometimes is some healing. Can we just talk about it? Because sometimes we've been in community and we've been hurt. We've been abused. We've had some issues. We have a testimony. We got some stuff that didn't go well maybe at the last time you were intentional about being in community. How many people were intentional at one time about being in community and they got hurt? All of us. But we have to get back in here and get back to the place of being intentional. It requires healing. It requires sometimes that you got to Ask somebody to help you get past these trust issues so that you can trust again and be healed because it is time to build community. When we look at our passage of scripture today, we look at these four men. That's just what we're focusing on. These four men that bring their friend to Jesus. So let's just think about this thing. Jesus has gone viral. He's blowed up everybody like, yeah, Jesus the man. He the man. He the dog. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And so Jesus is up. He's doing his thing. He's, you know, he's healing people. He's making, you know, uh, uh, he's making, uh, turning, turning some water into, you know, wine. He's making, you know, wine coolers. Everybody's loving him. And here comes these four men. 
with this paralyzed man. The Bible says that the house was full and that the outside of the house was full as well. Now, let me help you understand. The houses back then had flat roofs and they had stairs that went up on the side. But nonetheless, here comes four men carrying their paralyzed friend on this mat up those stairs to the roof, put them down, and then they begin to rip open and tear open the roof. They pull up the grass, the tile, the mud, and the Bible says they did like demolition. So can you imagine Jesus doing his thing? He's in his flow. He's making these wine coolers. He's doing his thing. Everybody like, yeah, go Jesus. Go Jesus. You the man. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. And all of a sudden, the roof opens up. And all of a sudden, this body is being lowered down in the middle of service. You know what I think is so powerful? Is that in that passage of scripture and in that moment nobody said a word Jesus didn't say anything the men didn't say anything but let's think about that thing can you imagine these four men carrying this man this is what this is community this is community but do you understand the precision that it took for every person to lower him down at the right time do you understand that they had to be in sync with each other? That's community. See, if one man had said, <laughs> you know, I'm tired, and this is harder than I realized, the outcome would have been very different. If one person would just say, I'm not doing this, I'm going to let this rope go, the outcome would have been very different. If one man would have said, you know, I'm an introvert, I really don't like people like this, I need to go and recharge. The outcome would have been very different. If one of the men would have said, you know what? I'm really called to leadership. I need to be down there with Jesus while he's making these wine coolers. I'm a leader. I really don't need to be doing this type of work. This is for the servants. Come on. The outcome would have been very different. But see, we're in community, and they had intentionality. What if one of the men said, I'm not showing up for this today. I got an eyelash in my eye. I'm not, coming to, I'm not coming in for this. I didn't sign up for this. Do you understand how important you are in community? But in community, in collaboration, with intentionality, these four men lowered this paralyzed, paralyzed man to the feet of Jesus. See, a community, once again, is a group of people with one common goal. The goal was to get their friend to Jesus because their friend could not get to Jesus himself. So these four faithful friends came into community with one common goal because they were in purpose, and they were in the plan of God to help their friend get to Jesus. And the Bible says, even though they did not say anything, and even though Jesus didn't say anything, the Bible says, Jesus saw their 
faith. See, it takes faith to be in community. Oh, yes, it does. It takes faith to be in community, especially when you have been in community before and it did not work. It takes faith to get back in and to trust again. It takes faith to get back in and to work again. But their faith granted the healing of that friend. They never talk about the faith of the paralyzed man, but they talk about the faith of their four friends. See, when you're in community, every now and then, you need somebody around you that has faith that is greater than yours. You need somebody that will get you to Jesus when you can't get to Jesus yourself. You need sometimes the faith of somebody else that will pray for you and labor with you and make sure that you get your rusty tail to church even when you don't feel like it. That's community. They got him to Jesus. And the man got healed. But can you imagine that man laying on that stretcher and looking up into the face of his four friends and seeing they got this rope. They're not going to let me go. Oh, you need to just sit and think about that. They got this rope and they're not going to let me go. How many times have you been maybe the paralyzed person looking up for somebody to get you to a certain place, and they didn't hold the rope. Then put yourself on the other side. How many times were you supposed to hold a rope for someone else, but you did not show up because you were having a bad day or because you just didn't want to be bothered or because you don't really like church like that or because I'm not really sure about this or I don't really want to be in community. And somebody was waiting on you. And they were looking to your faith to get them to Jesus. This is about community. This is why we have to be in community because it was their faith that sparked Jesus to grant this healing. When we are in community, we have the following byproducts. These men were confident. See, they never said one word to each other. They didn't have a conversation. But we see their confidence was there to build that community to the point that they were going to be collective risk takers. Sometimes you need to be in community so you can have more confidence. And you need to be around other people that have greater levels of ability of taking risks than you do. Sometimes your confidence is like this, but you get around other people and your confidence will grow because of their confidence when you're in community. Sometimes we have businesses and ideas that we want to develop. But I promise you that there are some things that are not going to happen, my brother, my sister, until you are in community and connected with people. There are some people that have the key to unlock some things in you, just like you have some keys to unlock some things in them. And your confidence will increase once you get in community. That's why the enemy fights so much for us to stay away from community. Because the enemy knows if you get in community, you will get confidence. You got a business plan. You've been praying over for the last couple of years. Get in community and watch that thing blow up. You have some ideas. You have a book on the inside of you. You've been sitting on it for a long time, lacking confidence. Get in community and watch that thing blow up. These men were also creative. 
They combine their collective juices together to figure out a way how to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. When we are in community, our creativity increases. When we are in community, our creativity increases. You can share your ideas with a friend in the community and it will spark other ideas. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you had something kind of bubbling up on the inside of you and then when you started talking and they started talking then something else started bubbling up and you had another idea that's called community. That creativity that's laying dormant on the inside of you needs to be awakened. But it needs to be awakened when you get into what? think we're getting it I know we want to be alone but I want to help you see how important it is to be in community these people these men were not only creative but they were also compassionate they placed the needs of their paralyzed friend before their own feelings you know they could have got there and said no it's too many people you see don't you see all these people out here dude you see all these people outside the house? You see all the people inside the house? We can't even get you in, dude. You're going to have to wait till he come back. But they didn't do that. They were compassionate. See, when you get in community, it's not about you. It's about the other people in that community. It's about making sure they have what is needed and necessary for them when we're in community. Even the best of us introverts need to be in community because we need our extrovert friends to help us. And it's not that we don't have compassion, those of us that are introverts, it's just that we need some help sometime directing that attention to the right place. And extroverts, you know, they just bring all the bubble. They bring all the bubble to the table. That's just how they are. And it's okay. But when I'm in community, I can leverage my compassion. And then lastly, these men were contagious in a good way. Contagious in a good way. Their faith was so contagious that Jesus worked a miracle based on their faith. On the spot. Had nothing to do with that man. Had everything to do with their faith. The people in the house and the people outside of the house were present. And they witnessed a miracle. And they walked away saying, do you see what just happened? We've never seen anything like that before in our lives. When we're in community... Just like these faithful friends were. When we're in community, we are impactful. And we become contagious in a good way. There's nothing that God won't keep from us when we are in community. But this is why the enemy fights us. Because if we get into this place of being contagious in a good way, we can set the world on fire. We can change the communities. We can change the world because we have come into a place of understanding community. Do you believe that? Come on and bless him right there. Proverbs 17 and 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Who's adversity were you born for? Who did God assign for you to carry? 
Who are you supposed to be in community with? I can guarantee you they don't look anything like you. They're completely different. You may think they're strange or odd, peculiar. They probably think the same about you. But I can guarantee you that we have been raised up for their adversity. There's nothing like having somebody you can call in a time of need. But we got to be in community. How many times have you reached for the phone when you needed to call someone and you did not have anyone to talk to because you did not have community? But a brother is born for a time of adversity, which means that we are born to carry somebody and not just ourselves. We're born to carry someone. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a brother, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Have you stood by somebody and carried them in a season when they could not carry themselves? Or have you become that unreliable friend, that ghost and kind of move away because you don't want to be in community? I know you've been in community before and you may have been hurt, disappointed, dropped. Pain. You may have had some type of painful experience. I don't negate that at all. But what I want to do on this morning is make sure we have some time to pray with you and for you. Because I want you to walk out of here recognizing that it's time for you and I to build community. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.